Welcome to the clan. This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you, like you, create leverage in the music business. That's why this podcast exists. We want you to win. And in order to win in today's music business, you're going to have to have leverage. You're going to have to bring something to the table. It's not just going to be your talent. The labels can't afford to develop you anymore. You're going to have to have some business happening. You're going to have to have some market awareness happening. And then people are going to start to come out of the woodwork. That's why we called it the climb. C-L-I-M-B, creating leverage in the music business. Brilliant! (laughs) The uh, genius that wrote that is also my co-host and my good friend, Mr. Brent Baxter. I'd like to introduce you to Brent. He's an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady Antebellum, Joe Nichols, and more. And what I love about Brent is he always helps songwriters like you. He's helping people. He helps you turn pro by revealing how you write like a pro. Then he reveals how you do business like a pro. Not only that, he connects you to the pros. What more could you ask for? You can find Brent very easily at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinell. Johnny owns the Daredevil Production. They help you find your sound and they help you grow your audience so that you can become the artist that everybody loves and so you can get paid. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That's production, singular, no S, and there is no S because there is no other Johnny D. How you doing, brother? Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you and to all the climbers out there. We hope you guys had a safe uh, New Year's Eve and uh, are alive and well to listen. I hope, yeah, I hope, yeah, I hope you're, I hope you're over Hard your to chase your dreams if now. you did. <laughs> I hope you're over your hangover by now. I hope you worked. I hope you made some money out there. Mm-hmm. And um, what do you do for New Year's Eve? Um, this family time. That's, yeah. you know, like last New Year's Eve, we went over to uh, Matt Klein's house uh-huh. and, uh, you know, cousins all got together there and, and a couple of kids made it to midnight. Some didn't. And. Uh, That's an accomplishment at the, I, at the ages of the kids. That you I know it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ozzy still talks about it. So, you know, just hang out, do, do the family thing, not, uh, not out downtown or doing any of that stuff. See, I, like, you got too many kids, man. Yeah, well, you know what? I don't have any kids and I don't do that either. Like I honest, honest to goodness. Like I, 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 I worked probably 10 New Year's Eve's in a row being mm-hmm. an artist. And, and then I just don't do the, I mean, if there's a private party or something, I might go to that, but I'm just perfectly fine sitting at home, having a cocktail, watching some movies and staying off the roads for rookie night. You know? There you go. And that's where it's safe. Yeah. We're going to be in, Car- we're in Carthage, uh, Missouri, the in-laws for this oh, Christmas cool. and New Year's. So that's, uh, I'm not there yet at the time of recording, but uh, by the time this comes out, I'll probably still be there and hanging out eating some leftovers and chilling with the, the family in Missouri. Boom. Well, there you go. Hey guys, if you have Missouri enjoyed- loves company. Missouri Loves Company. (laughs) If you haven't joined the Climb community, speaking of company, join the Climb community. Just go to Facebook, search for the Climb community, ask to be let in. We'll let you in. Uh, All you got to do is ask. We'll we'll walk you right in and we'll also walk you right out if you're not boys and girls. All you got to do is ask. (laughs) It's like Roadhouse. We'll be nice until when? Until it's time to not be nice. nice. Best worst movie ever made. (laughs) Oh, yeah. 
So, hey, subscribe to this podcast too. Uh, you'll automatically get all the episodes, boom, right on Tuesday morning. The little pullouts we do with Song Title Challenge uh, will automatically show up as well. You don't even need to ask for anybody. You go looking for it. It just shows up and reminds you like, hey, we're here. That's perfect. And leave a rating and review. Take, take 10 seconds. Okay. I lied. 20 seconds. Yeah. You have a five-star rating. Leave a quick review. Tell other people what you think about it. If it's helping you, it'll help them. So share it. Let other people know. Tell two friends. They'll tell two friends. They'll tell two friends. And we'll still do some marketing. <laughs> to try, That's right. Try to get our art and our artists three in front of new eyeballs. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> but it goes hand in hand. But anyway, with that, Brent, you are leading the show today. You are at the helm. I'm riding shoddy. I'll be looking out for anybody trying to rob the... The stagecoach. The the stage. that, that's right. It's a long way from um, I on Highway 60 across the bottom of Missouri, heading back to Nashville. So <laughs> keep an eye out. The bad people in the John, the Mark Twain National Forest, <laughs> rolling through there and out in the middle of nowhere. Anyway, there we go. <laughs> All right. Well, what we're going to talk about today, starting off this new year, is the value of a songwriter-producer relationship. In other words, the value of songwriters having relationships with producers. All right. So, the music business has changed. It's not like it used to be. And, you know, everyone tells you about the, the value of writing with an artist-writer, right? Write with the artist. And that's true. I mean, those can be very valuable relationships. Uh, write a great song with an artist-writer and you have a direct path to a cut. But there's another type of slash that has a lot of value too, and that's a songwriter slash producer. All right. So, whereas the um, writer artist gives you direct access to a particular artist, right? That artist, like you write with Jake Owen, you have direct access to Jake Owen for his records. And that's great. That's awesome. If you can get something like that, even on an indie level, that's great. A writer producer can also give you direct access to several artists. All right. So, when, you know, an artist... You get you write with that artist, you're hoping to get on that artist record. You get a good relationship going with the producer who also writes, odds are they're working on more than one record. They will end up working with more than one artist, right? So they're more a hub that other artists kind of, or they're a planet that other artists are moons rotating around, right? They can have several mm-hmm. in orbit. So I just want to share a few of my experiences with writer producers. And really my goal for this episode is to just get you thinking in another way because the business has changed. It's it's so much harder just to two writers sitting in a room, write a great song and go run out and get a cut. It still happens. Um, you know, I was talking to John Osher last night from Olay. We did a play for publisher event um, that I do quarterly at, at Songwriting Pro. And, you know, I was looking at his wall of number one, you know, plaques and all that stuff. And, and we we're talking about that. And he mentioned, you know, there are several on there that are outside songs that they pitch to the artist. Mm. So it, it happened, but man, the, the writer-artist relationships and the writer-producer uh, relationships are more important than ever, especially in country music. I think it's always been you know important for a long time in, in pop and rock and stuff, but especially for country, it's, it's getting more and more important and a bigger piece of the pie if you break down the charts. So I just want to share some of my experiences and to try and get you thinking about that going, okay, this is something I need to be aware of This in my networking, in my relationship building okay, do I know people that are producers or might become producers who can then, when we write great stuff together, may bring in an artist, that kind of stuff. So I'm just going to share some of my stories. So gather around, children. Let me, inter- let me interject yes. real quick. So mm-hmm. does everybody get why that's important to the record labels? When, when, they're, when they used to get, if you look at the Tom Petty record, 
uh, Dan the Torpedoes came out in mm-hmm. 1979. It cost $8.99 when it came out. There's a big, the reason I bring up that record, the big deal about Tom saying we can keep records at around eight bucks, right? Because that was mm-hmm. a big deal to him. But if you take $8.99 and put it into an inflationary calculator, that would be worth darn near close to within a few cents of $30 for a record today. That's crazy. So in like $1979 or whatever, it's like- Yeah. So, so that's how much, so when you sold 10 million records, the, the total amount of revenue that was collected for the whole pipeline. Now the record labels didn't get all this money, but the total amount of record that was collected, amount of revenue that was collected was 30, you like know, 300 million. Right? 300, I'm sorry, $300 million. Yeah. $300 million on a 10 million record seller, right? So over a quarter billion dollars was the gross amount collected. Now Tom Petty's latest record, just so you can compare, and this is why I want to bring this up, is it's on sale like everybody else's on iTunes. You can get it for ten ninety nine. So now if you were to sell 10 million records, you only get a hundred million dollars. It's like a third of, of, of what would be collected. So if you take all the records that are sold by all the record labels and that being their main source of revenue, it's been cut by 66%. Think about being able to cut your paycheck by 66%. Could you survive? You'd be looking for other ways to make money, right? Heck and yeah, it would. Publishing is a great way to make money. They're going to make, if they get it on the radio, they're going to participate in the revenue streams from that. And mm-hmm. if the artist that they're spending money on to promote also helped write the song, mm-hmm. that's more money that the record label can get. Right. right. So that makes them more attractive to the artist. I just wanted to break that down for everybody so they, they understand in real language what Brent's talking about when he's talking about writing with a producer who can know more artists and why the artist right is important. And the, just the impact of the John Osher comment that you made where you mm-hmm. said there's a couple outside cuts right. that made it, it on there, that, that, that it happens. It got a number mm-hmm. one, but generally speaking, it's way more artist co-writes. And there's the reason why that's going to be sexier to them than something else. Because if, if a label has this amazing song and it's just, you know, quote unquote, all about the song, Mm -hmm. right. And a label has an amazing song and they put it with one of their top artists. They're immediately saying, okay, we're not going to make this amount of money on a Mm -hmm. successful push. We're not going to get any of the revenue. Right. Right. So the, if they have publishing on, on that artist. Yeah. Yeah. If the label does. So I just and, wanted to, I want to break that down. Yeah. And so just to be clear, yeah. Like we talked about the Dan and Shay hit, uh, how not to, which Adam Hamburg wrote fellow Arky woo pig. Yeah. Uh, outside song pitched it to him went number one, you know? Um, and, and there are other songs like that too. And, and so it happens, but man, this is other thing is a big, important piece of the pie. Mm-hmm. And so I want you guys to think about it. And so, uh, story I'll tell you. First is, uh, I'll tell you about Byron Hill. Now, he's a hit songwriter with multiple number ones and a ton of cuts. I mean, he wrote um, George Strait's first number one single, A Full Heart of Memory. Classic yeah. country song. He also wrote Born Country for Alabama. Alabama. Wow. I was born country. Yes. And, you know, he wrote Politics, Religion, and Her for Sammy Kershaw, just a classic like 90s country song and, and just a bunch of stuff. Just had a, you know, nothing on but the radio for Gary Allen, Size Matters for Joe Nichols. All those were hits. And he's had a bunch of other hits too. So uh, I was blessed to start a writing relationship with Byron. And so, which is just, you know, thrill for me to be in that room because so many songs I love. And anyway, but another thing going on with Byron, he's, he's also a producer. And at that time he was producing Gord Bamford. He had produced uh, Gord's first uh, several albums. Gord is a big star in Canada. 
So he's had several top 10 hits up in Canada, good career rolling along, Byron's producing them, Byron's writing with them. And so, you know, they'd written a bunch of his songs together. Well, you know, I'm paying attention. I'm like, okay, now I'm starting to see Byron not just as a, an incredible songwriter, hit songwriter as he is, but going, oh, there's this other aspect of his career. He's producing this artist up in Canada that's having hits. I want to get a piece of that action, you know? So I approached him about writing and, you know, and eventually we got in the room with Gord. And of course I did my homework and everything. And, and so then Byron and Gord and I got together. So he was able to connect me with Gord. Gord's coming down from Canada. There's, I didn't have any connection to him otherwise, but because I knew the, the writer producer, I was able to get in the room. Uh, and because of that, I was able to write with both of them. And so far this led to three cuts uh, and a number one hit single, single of the year in Canada called When Your Lips Are So Close. And I've told y'all part of this story before, um, but I had a song of his called uh, The First Cut. Uh, first thing we wrote was called On My Best Days and ended up on his album called Is It Friday Yet? And then we had two songs on the next record, uh, When Your Lips Are So Close and Nights Like You, which ended up on um, his Country Junkie album. And actually, just uh, speaking of timing, part of why I'm thinking of this stuff is just this week I saw on social media that both those albums were certified gold in Canada. And then when your lips are so close was certified as a platinum single. Yeah. Which is nice. It's like, I should, I should order some hardware. My my wall. Um, but <laughs> yeah, that came about because of my relationship with the producer, the writer producer, we'd already been writing. Byron had a sense of, it's a big deal. If you bring somebody else in on an artist co-write, because you only get so many shots at that, even as a producer, like you can't just throw those around willy nilly. Right. Yeah. Those are valuable. I had to earn that right with Byron and I earned it by showing up. We were writing songs. I was bringing good ideas. He had faith in what I was going to bring to that project. That's why he brought me in. He certainly was under no obligation. He didn't owe me anything. It's not like I was doing him a favor. Yeah. You know, he's the big dog in the, in the room. I'm happy to be there, but I proved that I was going to bring value. That's going to be worth a third. Right. And so that hooked me up with, uh, with more Gordon. than a word for a third. Exactly. What Many words for a third. Right here. And perfect. Right. All right. Get a third. <laughs> that and was worth a comma in my royalty check. Um, so that was a big deal there. So the writer producer relationship with Byron led to, led really to my first number one, you know, with when your lips are so close. So there's another one, a guy named Aaron Goodwin. And Aaron Goodwin is a young songwriter producer artist. And, and now he's on Warner Music Canada as an artist. Uh, but when I met him, he was 18 year old kid coming down from Canada. I don't know why I know so many Canadians, but um, anyway, he's coming down. We got to be buddies writing together and stuff. And he's gone on to get cuts by Luke Bryan, John Party, Cole Swindell. So he's, he's doing well as an, as a writer. Uh, and he's also doing the artist thing up in Canada as well. But at this point is before he had the record deal in Canada, but he was starting to produce some artists back home in Canada. So, you know, we've been friends and co-writers for several years. So he ended up bringing me in to write with an artist named Drew Gregory and Drew and, and Aaron and I wrote a song called five string. And th this is another kind of a slice of that, uh, of that pie with writing with the producers. So Drew didn't cut that song, uh, but it was cut by another artist, Tristan Horncastle that Aaron was producing for Sony Canada. So Aaron's producing. So I wrote a song with him and drew one artist. Drew didn't cut it, but Aaron played it for another artist, Tristan Horncastle and Tristan cut that. So, right. so I ended up getting a cut on a Sony Canada artist 
through that producer relationship. He ended up pitching it. So it wasn't an artist co-write. It ended up being a producer pitch, right? Mm. And so then Drew ended up cutting a different song of mine that I wrote with uh, someone else called Farmhands, which he heard through Aaron. Uh. So, and the Farmhands, I didn't write with Aaron. I wrote uh, with uh, Jerry Boyer and Chris Hennessy. And so, you know, I'd send it to uh, to Aaron at some point or something, and somehow it ended up, you know, he'd send it to Drew and Drew cut that. So yeah. that relationship, you can see how like Aaron acted as a hub for a couple different artists. Yes. And led to a couple different cuts, you know, one main contact and, and he kind of spread out. He's kind of the nucleus and he got these other artists just, you know, kind of orbiting that. So like I said, one writer artist can link you to several, a uh, writer producer can link you to several artists. So right. don't go for the users, go for the dealers. Exactly, man. It helps. What I mean, you can get, <laughs> yeah, if you can get to the, you know, get to everybody. That's my thing. Get to everybody. 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 I'm just, you know, want to bring out, here's somebody to think about. All right. Yeah. So uh, there's another buddy of mine, a guy named Brian Hitt. Uh, so I've written songs with him that have landed on some of his projects, including like a Canadian Christmas single uh, for a female artist that I wrote with him and the artist. And he brought her in. Um, Three song on a Christian kids album for Brentwood Benson, which is a big player in, in the Christian music space. So mm-hmm. Brian was producing this this project for them to like sell to churches and and do the music for the like these uh, special event kind of things. And so he brought me in to help lyrically. But he's like, I'm producing this thing. I'm hiring the singers. It wasn't even like an artist thing. They were hiring people to sing like kids, you know. And we we're just writing the the project. So I ended up getting three songs on that. So that was an unusual thing that I wouldn't have had access to if I hadn't known a producer, writer. Um, so. Hello, Pantheon podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Let's see here. Um, and there's some other advantages of writing with a producer. So if your co-writer is a solid producer with the chops and access to equipment, your demo may end up sounding better than a song from a demo factory. You know, it has, if they're a producer, they're putting their own fingerprint on it. You know, it's not the same studio with the same players in the same 45 minute window demo when your song in out done. They have 
usually those guys have more time to, or girls have more time to breathe on the song. They help write it. They have a vision for it. It may be something that sounds a little bit more unique and you've got to stand out, right? So they'll yeah. usually put more time and creativity into it. Now those demo factors are, are really good. You're going to get a really good demo, but if you can write with a producer that can also do this other thing to it, you may end up some with sonically just a little bit different that sounds out in a good way. So and save and, some money and save some. Oh, that's the other thing is your demo may end up costing you like a zero. Yeah. Which is nice. I mean, that's uh, one of the reasons I love writing with Jason Wilkes, our buddy yeah. is that Jason is, you know, he's an, well, he's an, he's an artist, you know, but he's, he's a great singer. He, I think he's going to, you know, I think he's a really good producer. He does that stuff at his house. We, we write this stuff and then it's like, boom, here's a demo. Him singing it, doing all the stuff, sounds great. And I don't get an invoice in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I wouldn't do it just for the demo. I'd do it because I really like our songs and he's a good dude and I believe in what he does. But man, that sure doesn't hurt. Yeah. That it doesn't cost me anything. Yeah. Exactly. Way, just when you thought you loved me this much, here you go. Exactly. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. You know? <laughs> and it happens faster too. Like I remember I was writing to Major Bob. I mean, you wouldn't get a whole lot of demo sessions and you were vying with other people in the company to get demo sessions, you know, which you may get one or two songs on and maybe you get your own session. That's five songs, but you don't get them all the time. Mm-hmm. You've right with some guy like Jason and we've demoed, we haven't demoed everything because you still try to figure out what's worth your time, right? right? What's really worth his time to go and work on. You know, he'll maybe send the work take to Dan Hodges, his publisher, and go, okay, what's, what are you really digging? He's like, I really love that one and that one. All right, those are top of my board. I'm demoing those, but we've gotten a bunch of songs demoed faster. Yeah. Then we would have. Sure. By the way, can I point something out real quick? Yeah. Is uh, number one, here you got uh, Jason Walks. Got a, does he still have a pub deal? It sure does. Yeah, he's got a pub deal, uh, you know, right with a lot of major talent in town. And still going outside asking, what do you, wh- which one would you put first? Because he knows he's close to him, right? They're all his children. Mm-hmm. And he wants an outside opinion on which ones to spend money on. And he's looking for some outside help on that, number one. Number two, yeah. Jason's a busy dude. Doesn't mm-hmm. live in Nashville. Want to point that out. Lives mm-hmm. in Georgia. Uh, got a family. You know, mm-hmm. so all these things that you're putting blockades in your way saying, well, I wish I could do that, but I don't listen, live in Nashville. I wish I could do that, but I've got kids. And I wish I could do that, but I wish I could do that. And I wish I could do that. But here's the reasons why I can't. He's got all those things. Yeah, he does. Doesn't stop him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he also, he plays those songs, you know, the work tapes, I call them work tapes, whatever his are usually pretty good for his publisher. Cause his publisher is the one going to do majority of the heavy lifting on plugging those songs. Like, which ones are you going to run with? Yeah. It makes sense. Right. He's thinking about, he wants cuts. So, so here's another uh, advantage of writing with the, the writer producer. The producer knows where the project is headed. All right. So when you write with the producer, you're not just shooting in the dark, like with Byron Hill. Okay. He knew where Gord was headed and what he needed in a song. And so, cause I was pumping Byron for information. Okay. Okay. I've heard the old stuff. What are you doing on this next record? Where do you want to aim? He's like, man, we need the song that's you know, sexier. We want to push the envelope a little bit and da-da-da. And just based on that conversation, I started working on the lyric for When Your Lips Are So Close. And we ended up writing that thing, sure. which was a step forward in a different, you know, in a different direction for Gord. It was more kind of progressive and, and sexier than a lot of the stuff he'd done. Mm-hmm. Now, if I were just pitching stuff, I wouldn't have probably thought to pitch something like that. Sure. But because I know the producer, he's like, We're, we want to go here. And they can tailor, you know, we tailored it in the writing room to really be something that works well for George or for Gord, sorry. 
Uh, so you get the inside scoop there, which is so valuable. Yeah. Um, also, there's the political stuff. Because let's be honest, some producers just plain want to see their names on the songwriting credits. So whether for financial reasons or for ego reasons, a song just has a better chance of making it on their project if they help write it, right. uh, which is frustrating. Uh, and this isn't true of everybody. Okay. So I'm not, I'm not going to paint with a broad brush. All right. Some, some producers know if I just, my long-term value is producing hit songs. So wherever I find them, I'm going to cut them. I don't care where they come from. Yeah. Cause if I, if I produce hits, I'm going to have a gig. Other people may have some different considerations and stuff. And, you know, I remember talking to a guy that was uh, working with a producer for a project and we were talking about writing for it. And he's like, you know, man, I, he goes, I'll be honest. He goes, we got to get in the room with my producer. Cause I just got a feeling that if he doesn't write on it, it's probably not going to have that good of a chance of getting cut with him. producing." Yeah. Okay. Good to know. It's, it's ugly to know. I don't like but it. You know what? It's the way the game is played. It, it is. It's the truth, right? So I'm not here to find it anywhere else. It's, 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 it's the way, by the way, every game is played, right? Somebody gets a promotion over you at the day, guy, day job that you have because they had a better relationship with that person or something like that. Like, it's just the way the world works. It's the way the world works. Some and people we can have sit here and piss and moan about it, or we can just say, all right, and get in the game, take a mm-hmm. third instead of a half and do it. I mean, it's, people are motivated largely by self-interest. Yeah. You know, it just, it is the way the world works. And so if that particular producer is motivated by his self-interest going, I want either ego or financial to have writing credit. And so they're going to push their own stuff and your best bet is to write with them. Well, then that's your job. If you want to cut on that artist. Yeah. I wish it weren't that way. I mean, I wanted to sit in a room, write songs with whoever and may the best song win, but it's, it's not always that way. And so we just have to face reality here. So that's, this is welcome to the climb ugly truth episode. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that, that's something you have to take in consideration. Now other people, you know, I mean, I've had stuff that's truly outside. I mean, Monday morning church outside song, the producer just loved it. The artist just loved it. Crickets outside song producer loved it. Artist loved it, you know? So, Hey, stuff happens, right? So anyway, um, but you know, my writer producer relationships have been an important and valuable part of my network. Okay. So I just want you to give some, some thought and just some focus on those kind of relationships as you build your network too. And even if they aren't producing other people, but like somebody like Jason, Jason Wilkes isn't producing other people. He's had some people maybe talk to him about that, but I could see in the future if he, you know, he could do the artist thing himself. He's Mm -hmm. got the chops for that. He could just do the hit writer thing because he's got the chops for that. Or he may also go into producing other people. And so even if they don't have the producing gig right now, if you see something in them like, oh, this person could be a producer, mm-hmm. even if they don't have maybe the artist viability or whatever, that's something to think about because your demos will sound better and they may end up being your gateway into other artists in the future. So that's worth thinking about too. It's You want to play the long game. And that's really important to think long-term strategy. So that's kind of what I had to say about that. Um, but there's also something else though. I have a, I have a cool event coming up in February. I'm doing, I'm hosting an online songwriting event called know the row. And my special guest is none other than Byron Hill himself. Nice. We've heard so much about this episode. Yeah. So Byron and I are buddies and, and he agreed to come on. And like I said, he's written full heart of memory for uh, George Strait, born country for Alabama and a ton of other hit songs. He's produced, you know, hits 
And so he's, and he's not like some has been, right? Byron ain't done. So he still has a pub deal. He's getting cuts. He's doing it every day. So this, yeah. you know, he's had a long career in the music business, which is so much value to learn from that. Like how, how have you kept in ever, you know, from George Strait's first number one. George is out of the game now. I mean, pretty much, you know, uh, early. I don't, I don't know exactly when, Jeez, um, but yeah. Fun. And you know, um, so you got a George cut number one, I mean, 83 the people first got, or was it 83 or 85 number ones, George? Oh man, I don't Straight know. Ass. I mean, just to put that in perspective, people, just to put that in perspective, I'm, I think Tim McGraw's got 35, maybe a few more. Wow. Number ones, Tim McGraw, yeah. 35. Maybe a few more number ones. You know, we just, uh, we, last episode, we talked about Blake Shelton, 24 number ones. Blake mm. Shelton, huge, 24 huge. number ones. Yeah. George Strait's like, that's cute. <laughs> this, oh, kids, kids. <laughs> oh, that's adorable. Oh, children. <laughs> yeah, and Byron wrote his first one. Same thing with Alabama. I mean, he wrote Born Country. Um, so, and he's still doing it. He's still writing, getting cuts. He, he's still active. So he's not, you know. He's not a legacy writer, uh, but Byron's going to come in to this Know the Row event. And what it is, it's an online event. Uh, we do it through uh, Zoom video conferencing. It's real, super easy to use. We'll be face-to-face. Uh, so you can ask him your questions face-to-face. And what we do is I basically do a short interview with Byron, bring out some things I think are going to be valuable for, for climbers, for songwriting pro community, that stuff you know we need to know. And then we open up the floor for your questions. It's a chance to get maybe a little FaceTime online, a chance to ask a question of, of a pro who's been doing it. And so it's really cool. Uh, but that's coming up on February, I believe, the 8th. Um, and here's the deal. Here's how you can, you can join us. To find out more info, to get all the links and everything so you can reserve your spot, just download my free ebook. Think Like a Pro Songwriter. You can get it at giftfrombrent.com, Gift from brent.com that'll get you on the songwriting pro insiders list i'll be emailing out about it uh all the month of january so you can get the details and and here's a really cool thing know the row is free for members of freddie.com this is my membership community Mm -hmm. it's f-r-e-t-t-i-e freddie.com so if you're not a freddie member it's 40 bucks but freddie memberships right now are super affordable and there's a lot of cool stuff going on there. So that's worth it all by themselves. But I, I'm also doing these Know the Row events every quarter. And so you think about, heck, if I just show up to those, what I'm saving by being a member of Freddy is basically like a free membership. You know, because it saves you 40 bucks every quarter. And that's right. more than what a, uh, a quarter's worth of membership at Freddy is. <laughs> so That's crazy. So no, right. you just need to join Freddy. You can post your songs there. We have, uh, we have the video section up and running where all these Know the Row events will sit and live. We have our monthly um, jam sessions, which is like a Q&A with me. I do some teaching, answer your questions. That's all archived there. Got a bunch of cool stuff going on there. So you can go check that out at Freddie, F-R-E-T-T-I-E dot com. Uh, you can get on the insider's email list with uh, at giftfrombrent.com. Just get my free ebook. And then you can join us on Know the Row for free and hang out with me and Byron Hill. So remember that part of the introduction where I say uh, Brent reveals you know, how to do biz like a pro and also connects you with the pros. Well, here it is. 
this is that part. We ain't just talking. This is that part. This is, this is where you get, this is where you get the opportunity to start to make a relationship. And I can tell you, I know for a fact that there's a handful of songwriters out there who've already started to create relationships with real publishers just from your play for publisher events. Oh yeah. Yeah. We did one last night and, uh, you know, it's on video. So John Ozier was seeing people like, Oh, Hey, yeah, Mark, you're the one that has the, you know, the music store in Louisville, right? Cause they'd met one time before it's another FaceTime. He's like, Oh, Todd. Yeah. I remember Todd. Yeah. Hey, Todd, another at bat building relationships. There you go. Connection. Yep. So if you're outside of Nashville and it's hard for you to build relationships, um, hello, you know, hello, <laughs> join <Yeah>. Freddie. <laughs> yep. <laughs> this is, this is Brent coming to your door, knocking on the door and saying, hey, want to meet a publisher? If you can't make that happen, then maybe yeah. this is a hobby for you, which is fine. Which is fine, which is perfectly good. Primer, there's no doubt about it. But if in your mind, you want to be professional, and one of the problems you have is you can't make connections, and you have this, and you still don't want to do this, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's don't crazy. even have to leave your bedroom. Don't even ha- you can do it in your underwear, and nobody will know. Well, we, it is video, so at least put on a shirt. Yeah, but yeah, you could be Porky Pig in it. Nobody would know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's an image. Thanks. Porky Pig. Shirt, no pants. All right. <laughs> well, there you go, guys. That brings us to the end of another Killer Climb episode. Once again, subscribe if you like this stuff. It'll come automatically into your phone. Number two, if you like it, maybe some of your friends who are songwriters and indie artists would also benefit from it. Share it with them. Tell them about it. Tell them how much you listen to it, how much you love it. Get them on board. Um, number three, join the Climb community. It's on Facebook. Ask us to let you in. We'll let you in. And whether you mentor or not, if you ask us to show you the door, we're going to show you the door too. So play like good boys and girls. But the Climb community is great. Lots of information going back and forth there. People helping each other out with marketing, with songwriting. Uh, great sort of inspirational stuff on there that'll, that'll keep you dialed in. It's a relatively active community, I'm proud to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it. That brings us to the end of another Killer Climb episode. Keep on climbing, y'all. And we'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 